fire in the falls last Friday night and was received prayer and tell us what God did well I had a suspicious growth and my doctor looked at it said looks like we need to biopsy that I said you think it's cancer she said we need to biopsy that I said I'm not claiming that so they biopsied that and I came and we prayed and God did his job and Glory be to God, I do not have cancer. No cancer, no cancer, completely clear. The biopsy came back. It took, it took 12 days of wondering, but I didn't wonder. I won't claim it, not one minute. But. Amen. Amen, we give God glory. Praise the Lord. Hey, let's pray and then we're gonna worship the Lord. It's gonna be a special morning. And um, just believe the Lord is meeting he's in the midst of his people lord we thank you for this day we commit it to you lord we commit our lives to you our hearts lord we thank you for the blood of jesus thank you for his death burial and resurrection and we just say lord let god arise this day let God arise in this place. Thank you that you're the God that heals cancer. You're the God that delivers. You're the God that saves. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we just surrender this gathering to you. We pray, Lord, those watching online and those that would gather in this place would have a one-on-one -on -one personal encounter with Jesus. We commit this day. We bless you. You are worthy of all of our praise. And we enter with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, feel free to come around the altar and worship the Lord. You don't have to stay back in the back. Let's worship Jesus.
sing and I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout because you are good you are good it's singing in every voice and I sing and I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout
We just love you in this place. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your endless mercy that's new every morning. We thank you, Jesus. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Thank you. Say thank you, Jesus. We just put praise on our lips this morning. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Faithful one.
Thank you so much. We're delighted to be with you and uh, enjoying your southern hospitality. And uh, this is a beautiful area. Uh, you're truly blessed to live here. And uh, we welcome you that are on live stream and also those that are from different countries. We thank the Lord that you're here. And uh, I want to introduce a, a dear friend of mine. We've traveled together, ministered together in a number of countries around the world. And uh, first time we met, God just knitted our hearts together. And uh, a dear friend, and that's Pastor Dan Hammer. Oh, he's an apostle of the Northwest. And he established a work that is thriving and uh, growing. And now he's turned the work over a large a church uh, and uh, you talk about administrating the construction from a church from a few, a handful of people to over a thousand and a Bible college and all of these other things. Seattle Bible College is on campus and he's a busy man, young in the, and walking in the faith and the power of God. I'm gonna ask you to come and greet you and the Lord showed him something while he was here this morning. Pastor Dan Hammer. My dear friend. Oh, it's so good to be in the presence of the Lord. I feel right at home in his presence. Um, God is good. And when the pastor said that, God is good, the Lord's had me on a journey of seeing the goodness of God, receiving the goodness of God, and releasing the goodness of God. I wrote a book about it, did a devotional along the lady in our church that's written for Regal and how, to, how 40 Days of Goodness. You know, you overcome evil by doing good. You don't overcome evil by telling everybody how evil evil is. You walk into the midst of evil and you release the goodness of God and evil doesn't know what to do with that. So we showed up at Black Lives Matters marches. We got guilt by association. We were associating with Jesus and taking his goodness and his gospel to where it needed to be and ended up with leaders and prayed for people, saw people get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a lot better than complaining. And I saw the fire of God fall on your pastor and your wife. And you know, on the day of Pentecost, it was probably the greatest prayer meeting the world has ever known up to this point. For 2,000 years, the baptism of the Holy Spirit's been released. And I love to walk into evil and release goodness. The more evil, the more opportunity there's for goodness. And when you begin to see the goodness of God, it says that he will meet you in Psalm 16 with the blessings of his goodness every morning. That's what King David said. 
Psalm 33 says the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. When, when Moses said, show me your glory, the first thing that God did was cause all of his goodness to pass before his eyes. And I came all the way from Seattle to tell you that God's not as good as you think he is. He's way better. He's way gooder. And you're going to see the goodness of God released as you cry out. And there's been a spirit of travail that's come on our church. There's going to come a travail on the church. And God's making the world desperate. And God's, God's orchestrated a whole lot of things that most of the church is not even aware of. And his presence and his power and his glory is going to fall on this place. And what Bob Jones prophesied, just like he prophesied when he showed up at my church a few years ago, unannounced. Prayed over my son and myself, and we began to see the goodness of God. We began to see the favor of God. We began to see God do things that we couldn't even explain after he was done. I love when, when it's so God that you don't even, people said, how did you do that? And I said, I couldn't do that if I tried. That was the presence of God. And as you cry out to God, as you travail, as we get broken, like our brother shared about the Beatitudes, we're preaching the Sermon on the Mount. It says, love your enemies. It says, love your enemies. If we release the goodness of God to our enemies, if we show up in places, we're not only going to see the goodness of God, we're going to begin to receive the goodness of God. And the fruit of goodness, the fruit of the Spirit grows in our life, and the goodness of God begins to permeate everything that we do. And then when we see the goodness of God, and we, we see it in creation, when God did all of creation, he said, look, it's good, it's good, it's good. This is very good in Genesis 1.31. And when the church again begins to release the good news of the gospel... We see the goodness, we receive it, and then we release it. And Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. And we need to become the good news people again. We have good news for the world. And I have people say, well, you know, oh, this is, and I said, what are you doing to release his goodness? Go help someone, go pray for someone. We, you, you think you have it bad? You should live in the state of Washington. We couldn't even go, they, they shut down churches, they shut down every restaurant, they shut down every business. It was crazy. So we went to our neighborhood, we took cookies to all our neighbors, met all our neighbors, we prayed over our neighbors. We went and witnessed to people. We went to the local high school. You overcome evil in Romans 12, 21 by doing good. And we've gotta realize that we have to do more than tell the world how evil it is. We need to show them the God of goodness like your pastor shared. And Father, I just thank you that I saw the fire of God fall on Pastor David and his wife. And I saw the fire of God in these Friday night meetings coming. The fire that fell on Pentecost, Lord. The fire of the Holy Spirit that gets released in power and glory, Lord God. That causes men to shut their mouths. That causes evil to flee, Lord Jesus. You walked into the midst of evil and you released the goodness of the Father. And I thank you the word you gave David was true, the 2020 vision stuff that people shared that seemed so cute, Lord. They weren't prepared for the season. But you're going to raise up a church here in the gathering place that's going to release the goodness of God and make disciples. And the fire of God's going to come back into the prayer meetings. A Holy Ghost fire, oh God, that shook like it did on the day of Pentecost, 120 in the upper room, Lord. You're going to release your glory, Lord. And I thank you for the fire that's going to be added, the fuel of prayers 
prayers. They're going to begin to see their prayers multiplied. They're going to see nations come to this place. They're going to see people sent to nations that will stand before rulers and kings and governors and will release the goodness of God. And Father, I thank you for your presence in this house. I pray the fire of the Holy Ghost would ignite souls and spirits and bodies, Lord God. And I thank you the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to quicken healing and release a, a ministry of the gifts of healing through Pastor David, Lord. There's going to be the gifts of healings released and people are going to come here to have sicknesses and diseases. And there's even going to be the working of miracles where body parts are going to come into people, where blind eyes are going to be open, deaf ears are going to be open, cancers are going to begin to disappear, and the anointing is going to break every yoke of bondage. In Jesus' name, I pray for a fresh blessing over this house, Lord. I thank you for their labor of prayer and love. And God, I praise you and thank you that you're going to reward them with the fire of God. In Jesus' name. Bless Dr. List as he ministers your word. Thank you for him, Lord. Amen. Bless you. Thank you, Dan. Praise the Lord. This is a time of change. We're stepping into a new dimension. So begin to shake off the past and begin to move forward into the higher dimension of God that he has for us. Thank you, Pastor Dan. I'll tell you, he's a man that's on fire and has a compassion for the souls of men and women. When we travel overseas and uh, we were in the Philippines at a Baptist, Spirit-filled Baptist church, and uh, I'll never forget, uh, they, they run several thousand in the congregation. And uh, so we were together there with some others and we were, people were lined up down the aisles coming for prayer. And I tell you, for, for prophetic words and prayer, and uh, I, I, after a few dozen, I was kind of wore out. But Pastor Dan, he goes and there'll be hundreds lined up, 400 or so people. And he's still prophesying and praying. I don't know where he gets the energy, but uh, he's, he's from the Lord that anoints him. And uh, he has, we were in Fiji together, and uh, they were at the end of the line, people that, that circled the big sanctuary, several thousand in that congregation, and uh, they were circled all the way around, and I was uh, kind of at the beginning and, uh, of the line. They kind of, I guess they call it, uh, what is it, not a bridge, but uh, like an arcade, huh? A tunnel. And they were lined up coming two at a time. And finally, there was a traffic jam. And, and I went to investigate the traffic jam, and it was Pastor Dan, and the other brother was with him, and people were piled up until they blocked the whole tunnel. <laughs> and they had to bring ushers to pull them, you know, over, lay them aside over here and over there. And so, uh, as I said, man, the anointing just got increased as if from the beginning to the end. And it was a wonderful time together. But thank you so much for Pastor Dave inviting us to be here with you. Because I believe that this is a God-ordained time of change that has come to Moravian Falls and to this gathering place. It's a time of change to step into another dimension that God has for you. You've been receiving, 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 impartation, impartation, and now it's come a time of releasing. 
to step up into that dimension, I was always carry this watch in my pocket and uh, to show you as the testimony. And this was given to me by a professor at the University of Columbia in Bogota, Colombia. And uh, he gave it to me and I want to share the testimony of it. I was getting ready to speak at a large Assemblies of God church and uh, all of a sudden I saw this gentleman with a nice suit and, and a very astute man walking in with about 20 young people from the university age, young people. And I noticed they came into the meeting and they sat on the front row to the left of me and they sat down and they had notepads in their hands and pens. And I didn't know what was going on, so the time came for me to speak, and I stood up and spoke. And, uh, and, and, and as I got through speaking, all of a sudden, I saw this gentleman began to sob and weep. And then when I gave the altar call, he steps forward, and all of these students step forward with him. And as I laid my hands on him and we prayed the prayer of salvation, to all of them and the, those others that came forward, he was just sobbing. And the next morning, as the next meeting was, he met me in the foyer and he came up to me and he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, I'm a professor of science and technology from the University of Columbia in Columbia. And he said, I'm a, I, I came into this building last night as an atheist. I brought my students to take notes so I could mock you in the class the next on Monday. He was there Saturday night. And he said, that's why we sat up front to intimidate. He said, but you didn't even be phased by it. And he said, as you were speaking, I've been an atheist for all these years and, and, and mocked God for 20 some years, he said, in the university to students. But he said, when I sat on that front row and as you began to speak, he said, I saw a man standing beside you with pierced hands reached out to me and said, I died for you. I took your, your, your filth and, skin and sin on the cross for you. I died for you. And he said, that's why you saw tears running down my face. And he said, when I would, when I would shake myself while you were speaking, he said, open my eyes, and there he was again. And he said, when you gave the altar call, he said, I stepped forward. And I accepted him as my savior. And he said, I want to repay you for that. And he said, I, don't have, I haven't got paid yet from the university. And I was in my apartment and he said, I looked and looked and looked, what can I give that he will never, this man will never forgive me for what he's done for me. And he said, I found this watch, it's not worth much. But he said, I want to give it to you that you'll never forget me. And you'll never stop telling people of the power of Jesus Christ to save an atheist professor. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit is about. 
to walk in the fullness of his anointing and understand he's more than just a savior. He's a redeemer. He's a creator. <laughs> he's the joy of all our life. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. So I want you to know, I, when I see him, when we go to Columbia this, this, this year again and meet that professor, I know I'll tell him that I spoke to you here of the testimony of his life. He said, please never forget to give my testimony of the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're living in wonderful times. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You think that nobody knows you? Do you think you being here this morning is just by chance? <laughs> you have never been out of the sight of God. Even before you were conceived in your mother's womb, he chose you and he knew you. And he said, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. When we understand who we are, that we're not just flesh and blood, but we were purposed and ordained by God to be born in such a time as this for a purpose of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. I came into this world many years ago, back in 1941, on June the 8th, in a place called Lower Hutt, New Zealand. I did not have a smooth entrance to this life. What happened is my mother was, had, had went into labor and she decided she wanted to take a little suitcase that was on a wardrobe, like a closet thing, with some clothes for me to come home with. And so she took a chair and she stood on that chair. Her water had broken and she was, had these pains, labor pains. And dad was getting ready to take her to, to the hospital. And as, as I... As, and, and as she stood on that chair, she reached over, but the chair fell out from under her and she fell on the floor on her stomach. And she started to hemorrhage. And my dad rushed her to the hospital and I was born, but I was not alive. They tried and they tried and they tried to bring life into this little body but to no avail till finally after about a half an hour they took me my mother said and laid me on a little gurney and covered me up with a little cloth and walked over to my mother and said we're so sorry the fall killed him my mother began to cry 
And she began to get hysterically in the spirit. You know when a woman gets hysterical in the spirit, they start speaking in tongues and they start on a roll that you can't stop them. And he was trying to calm her down, thought she was having a nervous breakdown. And he said, said, Mrs. Lister, said, said, I'm sorry, we did everything we could, but God will give you another child. She said, no, this one is a promise. There comes a time in your life when you remind God of his promise. <laughs> you, you, you sink your teeth in that promise and you grip that promise and you don't turn it loose. For God is faithful to bring about that which he has promised unto you. Don't give up on it, your children. Don't give up on your loved ones. Hang in there. Grip your teeth in the promise of God that he gave you for them. And hang in there. And God will move heaven for them to come forth into the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. We give up too easy. For the promise was given unto Abraham. My friends, he hung on to that promise and it became a reality. Hallelujah. And finally the doctor came over to my mother and, and picked my, me up. And he said, ma'am, I'll show you. We've done all that we can. He uncovered my little body and he picked me up by the heels. And my mother stepped into another dimension of the spirit of God. And it struck heaven and heaven began to respond. And all of a sudden he said, look, he said, I'll show you. There's no life in this body. But I, I want just to give you one more chance to see. And as he reached back and he popped my little rear, mother said and shook me, all of a sudden I began to jerk and life came into the body. And I'm here tonight, today. Oh, hallelujah. There's a dimension that we step from the natural and the normal into a divine realm that earth has to respond to when it's beyond its reasoning. It's the supernatural realm. You are more than who you think you are. Say to the person next to you, you're more than you, th- who, than you think you are. You see, we are living in a time and a dimension where we ha- the world has dictated our identity. We've allowed the world to define who we are and place limits on us. It's interesting, government has done this. The education system has done this. TV, the media, and even some preachers have done this to us. You're out of your calling. You'll never, never do this. When my parents were called as missionaries to Africa and prophetically by Smith Wigglesworth, and the time came for us to go to Africa, we had people in the church prophesy that if you go to Africa, you'll die. 
Your children will be smitten with disease and they will perish because you're out of the will of God. You need to be in New Zealand. Thank God my father had the guts to know that the call was stronger than their prophetic word. I want you, some of it is prophesied out of their heart and not out of the spirit of God. Because the heart is the seed of emotion and there's been a lot of prophecy out there that is prophesied because they've got emotional and got stirred and got goosebumps and they prophesy out of that emotion rather than the word of God. I call forth the prophets to really sanctify themselves again anew and afresh and walk in the spirit of God. And sometimes God will tell us to shut our mouth. This many times God has revealed some things to me and he said, shut it up in your bosom for a time appointed to release it. We have an ability sometimes to just mouth off because God shows us something. There are times to release it and there are times not to. Because if we release it ahead of time, it can bring destruction in people's lives. You hear what I'm saying this morning? You're more than who you think you are. Because we've allowed mankind to define us and put us in a box. I remember, never forget, listening to Billy Graham made a statement in South Carolina at a, a pastor's gathering. And when he entered into Bob Jones University, in Greenville, South Carolina, they said he had a stuttering problem. And, and, and he want, some of his professors asked him, what do you want to be? He said, I want to be an evangelist. And they said, well, I think you, you don't have the, the tools to be an evangelist. You need to become an administrator or sit on a staff, uh, involve yourself in that capacity. But he didn't listen to them, thank God because the calling was more important than the immediate circumstances. You may not feel equipped, but God will place the call, and then the equipping will come after the call, not before it. Not before it. The call comes first. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. You see, Satan will challenge you about your identity. Notice in Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 3, when it says that when Jesus had been baptized, he was led up into the wilderness and he was to be tempted of the, he was tempted of the devil. What was the number one temptation he brought to Jesus? He made a statement. He said in the fourth chapter, verse 3, if you are the Son of God. This is what he came to the Son of God. Satan was, a, was visibly seeing Jesus being baptized in the river Jordan. And he heard the voice of his father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And when Satan said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, boy, he's slick. <laughs> he 
If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he waited to a time of the physical hunger and weakness to attack. You see, Satan is a master of deception, but he cannot fool the Son of God. And that Son of God dwells in you. All of his glory, all of his power is abiding in you. We're not, and, this, and, and Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, Satan waited at a precise moment. Your discouragement, your temptation will come at a timing that Satan deems appropriate for his actions. But I want you to know one thing. You're not beyond the eyes of God. <laughs> When the enemy comes in like a flood, it says he, that God will raise up a standard against him. Satan has not calculated the standard of God that will literally overwash and overbaptize you with glory and power and identity of heaven's knowledge of you. You're more than who you think you are. When he redeemed you, he possessed you. I want you to know, <laughs> I was in a house in a pastor's home in South Carolina many years ago, and, and, and they had a little boy, and he was just a little tot. And I was playing with him mentally. I said, hey, Mark, come here. I'm going to talk to you. And I mean, he puffed up and he said, my name's not Mark, it's John. I said, no, it's Mark. And boy, he got red in the face. It's John. I said, who told you that? The next thing came out of his mouth, mama, come here. She was in the kitchen. And she came out of the kitchen. What? You tell Brother Steve List what my name is. It's not Mark, it's John. She said, yes, it is. It's John. I told you so. Stuck his chest out. Don't ever call me Mark again. Okay, sir. I want you to know when the devil attacks you and tells you you're a wimp, you're a failure, you're a downcast, you're this. You say, my friend, uh, not my friend, but um, the enemy of God, you're a liar. I'm a child of the king. I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I have a purpose of my life and I have a destiny and I will stand one day around the throne of God. Oh, hallelujah. Rise up. Because when he entered into you, he entered you with his saving mercies and his grace and his glory and, and honor and majesty and power. 
And we need to stand up and begin to proclaim that we are a child of God. That the DNA of God's word is in us. Living in us. Not just in our heart, but it's all over us. It's in our hands, in our feet, in our minds, in our ears, in our, our whole being of us. The breath we breathe is God's breath in us. Oh, hallelujah. This morning, I, I, I believe the Holy Spirit, Pastor, wants us to walk out of here transformed to come again who we are. This world has so messed with the Christian's mind and our children's minds that we are nothing but something be herded around. No, we are ordained and purposed of God. We're children of God. I'll never forget a number of years ago, I had rented a car at, at, uh, in Charlotte. I was on my way to Conway, South Carolina and Raleigh, North Carolina in some meetings. <clears throat> and I had got through with those meetings and I returned the car back to its destination by the airport. And I was minding my own business. At that time, the, 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 like Alamo, they were outside the airport and they had to be brought in, you know, by shuttle. And I noticed the shuttle car bus came and it was full. I was the last passenger on with my luggage. And I just stepped onto, the, minding my own business, stepped onto that, that shuttle. And as people were getting off, the driver said to me, sir, can you wait a moment? I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. I wasn't in a hurry. When everybody left, he got off his seat in the bus and he walked over to me. He said, who are you? I said, I'm Steve List. He said, no. Who are you? The Spirit of God brought tears in my eyes. He said, who are you? He said, well, I said, why do you ask that? He said, when you stepped on this bus, the atmosphere changed. And he said, I know what it is. He said, I once I used to know the Lord and I walked with him and I felt that presence. He said, but when you stepped on that bus, I felt it again. <laughs> he said, will you pray for me? And I prayed with him before I went into the terminal. He said, he said, my, you carry a presence. I said, it's Jesus. I want you to know, friends, you're more than who you think you are. Hallelujah. He are just not redeemed. You're just not set free. His presence abides in you. Hallelujah. That when you walk into a place, the atmosphere is changed with the glory and the presence of Jesus Christ. So lift up your head, put your shoulders back, and walk in as a redeemed of the Lord, destined for the kingdom of God, used by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You're more than who you think you are. Step out of that mully grub dimension that you've been walking in and confined in. Push forth into the glorious power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm talking about? We've got to move into the mindset of God. Start thinking the way he thinks. Allow his mind to, as it were, saturate us. Not the way we think, but the God mindset in us. For nothing is impossible with him that believes. Oh, glory. We don't even use a smidgen of what is in us. By the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Gordon McDonald and I were walking down the street in Vancouver, Canada, a number of years ago. We were just minding our own business, walking together. And all of a sudden, this man coming up the sidewalk comes towards us. He starts screaming, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And everybody stopped and looked at us like we had done something to him. And he got within about eight feet of us and he ran down an alley screaming, leave us alone. And Gordon looked at me. He said, what's that, Brother Steve? I said, that's the demons who recognizing the presence of Jesus within us as we walk down the street to a restaurant to have lunch together. I want you to know, stop hiding Stop hiding. Stop hiding. You've been bought with the price and the blood of Jesus is covering you and your name's in the Lamb's book of life. Stop hiding and let the glory of God manifest through you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You, know, you don't know who you really are. He's not just a savior of forgiveness. He's not just a savior of your healing. But he is all in all. Oh, praise the Lord. He's all in all. Let the mind of Christ now live in you. What is the mind of Christ? That was there in the beginning when the earth was created. And designed all things. Brought all things into existence. Oh, hallelujah. You hear what I'm saying? Let the mind of God switch from the flesh thinking into the supernatural thinking. Because there's more to you than what you ever dreamed of. It's not just to live, eat, produce, work, and die. You are the kingdom of God on this earth, manifested. <laughs> so don't be surprised what God will give you ideas and understanding of things that have been locked for centuries. God's going to bring revelation of these things to you. Do you know that God's a mechanic? We have a motorhome. My wife and I, we were taking a trip down Oregon coast. And she said, honey, she said, turn the heat off. I said, I turned the heat off. I had all the 
dials on the dashboard and they were all off. She said, well, I'm burning up. I'm sweating. I said, honey, it can't be. She said, she said, listen, put your hand under my seat here. And sure enough, I mean, it was pouring out heat. And this was in the summertime. And my human flesh manifested. I said, oh, Lord. It's going to cost me several hundred dollars. Pull into an RV place for repairs. And she says, well, honey, we can't go like this. I, I, I can't sit up here. And she said, Cause, and I pulled over and I tried every, everything I could and nothing would turn it off. And that night, and we pulled into an area and, and, and went to bed. And I'm laying there on the bed at midnight trying to figure it all out. And I said, Lord, I don't need to spend 300 something dollars right now. You know, I budgeted for our trip and so forth. And I said, I, and, and, and out of my desperate, I said, help God. And you know what? I got a download from the God of heaven by his spirit he called me by name and said, Stephen, look under the steering column on the driver's seat. Look under the steering column. There's a switch under there. That's your problem. It's on. Man, I want to jump up right then, but I knew I'd wake my wife, you know. So, I mean, I, I, I repeated over it. It's under the steering column, so forth. So that morning, when I get up at, at 6 o'clock, I jump out of bed, past the day, and I go to the cab of the motorhome, and I look under there, and there's a switch. It says, heat, cabin, on, off. It was on, and I switched it off. And I couldn't wait till my wife got up, and I said, I solved it, I solved it, I solved it. Well, no, I didn't, but God solved it. He's a mechanic. He knows everything that man creates because he gives them the understanding to do it. They didn't get it from grandma, grandpa, and all of a sudden she said, what? I said, yeah. I said, he just saved me 300 and something dollars. Praise the Lord. He has the mind of a mechanic. God has the mind of all things. He understands all things. So we're anointed for living, not just for worship, not just in the church. If we were anointed just for being in the sanctuary, my friends, it is short-changing God. We are anointed for living 24 hours a day on the job, solving problems. In the car, you're anointed to walk in that dimension. Bring him into it. Stop, bringing, stop living always by the flesh. The flesh is limited, but God's the God of all things. Hallelujah. So you are more than who you think you are. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. And his royal veins are in you. The blood of Jesus is abiding in you, walking in the forgiveness and the freedom of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, hallelujah. 
And sometimes you'll act strange. We are a peculiar people. So get used to that. Get used to that. Sometimes you'll say no when you need to say no. Sometimes yes when you need to say yes. And you step by faith. God will throw you into the arena of, of the impossibility. And all of a sudden you reach out and you say some things in the realm of impossibility. And God moves heaven on your behalf. Because you step from man realm into the supernatural God realm. Start thinking more the way God thinks, not according to the flesh. Because we're born by the Spirit of God. Therefore, the Spirit of God dwells in us, and it's not just in our head. It's all over us in a handshake. My wife, a number of months back, she went shopping. And I know you women, you like to shop. My wife does. And she's, she knows how to shop. She said she's anointed for it. It embarrasses me at times. You know, I, I like to, when I go shopping, I like, the hunt, like hunting, you know. There it is, shoot it, boom, you got it. But not my wife. What percentage is off on this? Is this on sale? Well, no, ma'am, it's not on sale. But when is it going on sale? And I'm standing there, oh, honey, here, here, here's the, here, take care of it. But, no, wait a minute. Well, if it's going on sale in two days, why can't you give it to me now? Well, let me talk to the manager. And I'm standing there like, get the thing. And all of a sudden, the clerk will come back and, and say, well, I'll talk to the manager. Yeah, you can have 10% off. Or 20% off, so forth. And then she gets the bargain. She says, thank you, Jesus. I said, what mind are you using? His mind. Because what I save, I can use more for him. <laughs> so she goes shopping at a place called Macy's. I don't know if you have them here or not. But it's uh, kind of, uh, you know, a store. So she's going in, into the underwear department. She tells me the story. I wasn't with her. My wife is quite a character sometimes. I, I don't like to stand right there with her while she's buying. I step back. I don't know if you men do that because I stand back over here. And sometimes she's a sweetheart. She'll say to the clerk, see that guy there? He's going to pay for my stuff. <laughs> and the clerk will say, huh? She said, watch this. She'll, she'll look at it and she'll say, excuse me, sir. Can you buy this from me? And so I just walk over and give her the card, you know, cash, whatever. And all the ladies like, whoa. And she walks off like she doesn't know me, just thanks me. <laughs> She's spirit-filled. But I know when she gets to heaven, God's going to pull her to the side and say, you know what? You better wait a while here. I got something to talk to you about. I always tell her that. Because she's really full of it. 
So she walks in to Macy's and she's going to buy some stuff and she's with, a, with my son-in-law's mother. And she walks in and, and, and she reaches out with the card and her hand touches the clerk behind the counter and all of a sudden the clerk collapses to the floor. Boom. Starts shaking. And the woman says, oh my God, I know what this is. And my wife's standing there shocked. And then another clerk comes up and she says, I'll take care of it. Boom, she's down. And my wife's looking at her. And my wife is in shock. And, 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 and the, my, my son-in-law's mother looks at my wife like, what in the world? And all of a sudden, finally, they took care of it. And my wife walks out with the, my son-in-law's mother and says, what in the world was that? I want you to know, you don't know when the, you, you're walking as a living dynamo of the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God comes to the point of activation, and my friends, you just go with it. And my mother and my wife, she said, honey, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't, my mind wasn't even on the Lord. And she said, I wasn't even anticipating this. She said, but something transferred from me to her, and the power of God hit her. And that woman was, came under the anointing of the power of God. You're more than who you think you are. The Spirit of God lives within you. It's not just for revelation. It's not, not for all things. It's a majestic realm of God's divine purpose and plan. Hallelujah. There comes a time when we walk in the anointing and then the power of God and just being is enough. Not saying a word. And things change around us. Are you ready for that? Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God sometimes will act in us that's contrary to our emotional human feelings. Some of the greatest sermons that, I've, that the Lord has allowed me to speak and thousands give their hearts to Jesus Christ when I didn't feel the anointing. Or what you call, the anointing was in me, but it was not the human element responding. It was the voice of God. So get ready for that. It's going to be released. This is a new day, church. You're stepping in another dimension. I never forget. Can I tell you the story? I never forget. I was, I was asleep at home in, in, in the area near Seattle, Edmonds, I live. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call. And on the other end of the line is a dear friend, pastor friend of mine, Poeti Mata. He had a church of several thousand. And I want you to know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, when the phone rings, you don't feel anointed. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, and on the phone is Pastor Poeti. He's crying. Brother Stephen, I'm in the emergency at the hospital in, in Suva, Fiji, the capital. My wife has only has come down with some kind of sickness and she's on the respirator and she's, the doctors have only given her two hours to live. She's just been going downhill, downhill. And the Lord told me to call you 
I mean, that's all the way down the South Pacific. I'm in Seattle. And I'm listening. And he said, Brother Stephen, will you pray? I didn't feel any anointing. I prayed. And on the phone, he said to me, when can I call you back? And out of my mouth came something. It was not reasonable, reasonable of the human mind. I said, Pastor Poeti, call me back in seven days and tell me how your wife is. He got quiet. He told me the doctors told him she's only got two hours to live. He hung up the phone. My wife scolded me. She said, you weren't very compassionate. I said, honey, it was two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but his wife's dying. And I've got two hours to live. Why did you say what you said? I said, I don't know. I tried to call him back, but couldn't get him. I heard nothing. Seven days. My phone rings. It's Pastor Poeti. He's on the phone. Brother Stephen, I've counted the hours to call you. And you told me not to call you for seven days. And he said, I've been waiting every hour to call you. I, I, said, I said, tell me, how's your wife? He said, she's in the kitchen washing dishes. I said, glory, hallelujah. He said, the moment you said, don't call me for seven days. He said, he said I, I was confused, but I went back to my wife and then I looked at that corpse laying there, dying, that physical body. And I, but I remembered your words, in seven days, call me and tell me how your wife is. He said, when I got back to the intensive care unit where she was, the doctor says, we don't understand it. But all of a sudden, something's being activated on the machines and life is coming back into your wife. You see, she's a head nurse at that hospital. And the doctor says, we don't understand this. And Pastor Poyne, he said, I began to smile and said, I talked to Brother Stephen. He said, don't call me for seven days. <laughs> I want you to know the Holy Spirit will prompt you to speak beyond the human understanding into the divine realm and call something that is nothing into reality. Oh, hallelujah. You're more than who you think you are. You're ordained and purposed of God. Stand, but heaven is within us. Oh, glory. I want you to say it out loud with your voice of shout. I'm more than who I think I am. Touch the person beside you. You're more than who you think you are. Glory to God. We are destined for glory. And while we're on this earth, this earth, we are citizens of the heavenly kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've walked into restaurants at times and all of a sudden the waitress would come up and get on her knees at the table and start bawling and say, I don't know who you are, but will you pray for me? I need Jesus. 
Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel the anointing of the kingdom of heaven upon us this morning. And we're walking forth in another dimension of his glory. Hallelujah. We're walking beyond prophecy. We're walking into the heavenly realm. Hallelujah. Bringing forth the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. Men and women, are you ready? <laughs> Take that plunge into the eternal glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I mean, you're more everywhere you walk, every place you go, you bring transformation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I feel his presence here this morning. I feel a new birth taking place in you. Lift your hands towards heaven. Oh, glory. Just start worshiping him right now. Father, you take possession of me from my fingertips to my toes. Lord, you're not just, your spirit dwelling within us is not just love, it's not just peace, it's not just joy, but it is power and glory and honor and majesty reigning within us of your kingdom, Father. Thank you. When you said your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we're walking in this world, but we're kingdom people walking with the mindset of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop laying hands on people in your own ability. He said, lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. You release God to do his work in them. Hallelujah. Silver and gold have I none, but such as have I, give I unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Hallelujah. There is power in that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And a lot of healing takes place on the way home. We want to see the immediate response. Sometimes it happens. But sometimes they healed on the way home or in days to come. <laughs> I know what Pastor Dan saw in the spirit. And I tell you one thing, we're moving into that. There's a change coming to this ministry. Hallelujah. And it's God-centered. It's God's mindset. It's God thinking. It's his dimension. Stepping forth into it. Hallelujah. Don't worry about the devil. The devil knows who you are. So don't try to dodge him. He's to get out of your way. You hear me? I want you to step out of your seats right now. And you're going to come and stand across the front. We're going to have a prayer of release of victory and power. In the name of Jesus. I want you to know one thing. Stop trying to dodge the devil. Face him head on. It says resist the devil. And he will flee from you. What does it mean to resist? It reminds me of Brother Jerry right here. <laughs> what it is, I guarantee you, if you walked up to Brother Jerry and said, get out of my way, he'd just stand there. <laughs> 
That's what we call resisting. Re the word resist means take your stand and don't back up. <laughs> so when the enemy comes up against you, <laughs> he knows you're not going to back up. You're not going to step aside. You're going to resist it. No, I'm not moving. Satan, you're moving. You hear me? Do you hear me? Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. 